And I'm Hobbs. Welcome to the Double Welcome Bread the Hockey Double Podcast. Bread Hockey Podcast. Alright, hello everyone. Welcome back to episode 14 of the Double Bread Hockey Podcast. It is Tuesday, March the 23rd, as we're recording this. Uh, it will be released on Wednesday, tomorrow, March 24th. And we'll just jump right into it with some signings. Do you want to take the first one? Or? Yeah, so uh, New York Islanders brought over a guy from the KHL, Anatoly, uh, sorry, Anatoly Goalyshev. Uh, he signed a one-year $925,000 ELC, 26-year-old, uh, a bit of a smaller guy. He's only 5'8". Uh, he was drafted by the Islanders in the fourth round in 2016. Uh, and, I mean, he's had... Some decent success in the KHL. No, nothing overly amazing. Uh, this is his, last year. He even had a stint in the VHL, uh, but this year he's put up 27 points in 53 games. Uh, last year he had 25 and 38. Uh, so I mean, he he's a consistent scorer in the KHL. I assume that he's going to come over and join the Islanders in about two weeks. You know, with quarantine and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, so. Islanders bring in uh, a little bit of forward depth there. Yeah, I've uh, honestly I've never heard the guy, heard of the guy, but you know he's a fancy Don't name, mean. so for sure, definitely in the wrong uh, position. I mean, he should be a goalie, goalie shiv. <laughs> yeah, goalie shiv. Uh, speaking of goalies, though, uh, the Buffalo Sabers signed Michael Hauser to a one-year, seven hundred thousand dollar contract. Uh, goalie depth, which uh, kind of needed after Carter Hutton went down last night. Yeah, uh, he was already within their organization. He was playing, uh, well, he was on the Rochester Americans roster. He hasn't played a game for them. Uh, but following something that happened uh, that we'll talk about in a bit, uh, where they traded a goaltender, they needed to sign a goaltender to be at their uh, they had to have enough goalies on their roster, basically. Uh, so they just signed this guy to a one-year deal. Um, NHL deal. So, two-way deal. Congrats, Michael Nazar, on getting paid. Uh, the Devils signed Michael Vukovic uh, to a three-year ELC. That's at $925,000. Uh, he is a defenseman. Drafted by them in 2019 in the third round at 82 overall. He's a bit of a bigger guy, he's 6'3", 19 years old, so he is, uh, he's a young kid. Uh, just finished last year with the Kitchener Rangers, uh, 30 points in 63 games. That's not bad for a defenseman. I mean, uh, obviously he's not overly offensive, but I mean, that's, those are respectable numbers for sure. Uh, so far this season, he has already been playing with the Binghamton, uh, Binghamton Devils in the AHL. He's played uh, nine games and has six points so far, so that's pretty good, actually. Uh, maybe I was wrong about the uh, offensive upside of him. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. I mean, he's a... Making me my words right away. <laughs> Doesn't even get a chance to see how it plays out, and you're already eating your words. For sure. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher his name, I think, but... Arizona signed Vladislav Provolnev? Provolnev? Vladislav Provolone. Okay. Uh, to a... I'm pretty sure it is Provolnev. (laughs) 
Well, it's spelled Provolnev here, so that's what I'm going with. Uh, to a one-year ELC worth $925,000. Again, I have I have no info on this guy, so. Uh, 25 years old, defenseman, 6'3", uh, played in the K, wasn't drafted. Uh, so, so far this season with Sversthal Sheriproverts, I don't know KHL teams at all. That's the first time I've ever heard of this team. Regardless, uh, he played 48 games with them, 10 goals, 10 assists, 20 points. Uh, last year, he played 45 games with them and had 5 goals, 3 assists for 8 points, so it's a significant jump. Uh, racks up a couple of penalty minutes. He has 50 penalty minutes in 48 games, but I mean, uh, I think he's definitely put up respectable numbers. I'm not, uh, not sure if he's coming over. I mean, it's a one-year ELC, so I assume he's going to be coming over to play with Arizona this season. If not, I don't know what the plan is there. I, I have no idea. I, I guess he's coming over. I mean, that's... Is the KHL season over? Is that what's happening here? Is that why there's guys signing? Or I'll be honest, I have no idea. I, uh, I don't really follow the KHL all that much. I'm looking it up right now. And you can go ahead and take on the next guy. Alright, uh, well, the next guy is uh, Trevor Van Riemsdyk signed a two-year extension with the Washington Capitals uh, worth $950,000 on average. So, uh, yeah, TVR, it's a, a depth defenseman for Washington. He can fill in nicely on the bottom pair, be the seventh taxi squad, whatever. I guess Washington liked what he saw, so... Uh, they uh, they signed him to an extension. It's, it's, so uh, the, the KHL season ended on February 27th. So uh, I guess that's why these guys are signing. They don't uh, they're basically they're done in the KHL for a year. Um, so they're fine to come over. They don't need to. They're not contractually obligated to be in the uh, KHL right now. But yeah, TBR. I mean, he's a fine dead piece. I, I kind of like him. Uh, you know, he's not he's not someone who's really gonna stand out, but he's someone who's gonna get the job done for you. Yeah. That's... Yeah. Yeah. A lot of defensemen signing here. Uh, the LA Kings signed defenseman Matt Watt to a three year extension. I was really surprised by the dollar value of this. I Matt Watt is not someone that I knew uh, was doing anything special, but he has a three year three point one five million extension. I mean he wouldn't get that deal if he didn't deserve it, especially not in COVID times. I mean, uh, he he had to be doing some stuff over there in LA. So shout out to Matt Watt for getting the bag. Yeah, I was I was also surprised when I saw this extension because three point one five million seems like a lot for someone who I thought was just a depth guy. But I guess he's doing more over in LA than we uh, see over here in Newfoundland. <laughs> Unless you're For sure. Famous. I mean, we don't get to watch a lot of LA, LA games. Um, they're on later than we're normally awake, so. Yeah. It's, uh, well, good for him. I guess we'll have to try and watch more LA highlights or something. Yeah, definitely. I'd have to keep an eye out for him. Alright, uh, the final signing here is the Edmonton Oilers signed. Michael Kesselring to a three-year ELC worth $925,000 on average. 
Yeah, uh, another defenseman. Uh, this is a really big boy. He's 6'5", 205 pounds. Uh, definitely could pack in a little bit more weight for his size. Uh, but he's only 21 years old. He uh, was a six-round draft pick in 2018 at 164 by the Oilers. Uh, he, uh, he's been playing in the NCAA. And based on his numbers, he's definitely a defensive defenseman. Uh, however, he might make me eat my words right away. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's been playing for Northeastern University. Uh, last year, he had in eight points, five goals, three assists in 20 games. The season before that. He had two goals, three assists, and four or five points in 34 games. Uh, yeah, he's reporting to Bakersfield in the AHL. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, he's a, he seems to be a defensive defenseman, and I think, I mean, based on his age, he might be someone that uh, sees some action, not probably soon, but in a few years uh, for the Oilers. So definitely someone to keep it for, uh, maybe not for your fantasy team, but just for real life. Yeah, and uh, Kesselring is a pretty uh, fancy last name, too. Yeah, great name. Fantastic. Yeah, so that's all the signings for this week. Uh, and off on a great name with Kesselring there. Uh, we have one trade this week. Uh, you know, we don't get a report on trades too often. Trade deadline coming up, so uh, we should hopefully start to see a few more. Uh but, I mean, Hobbs pointed out that, uh, I, you know, I'm an insider now, apparently, because I reported on this last week that uh, Colorado might be looking at this guy, and they uh, they acquired him. So, Colorado trades a sixth-round pick in 2021 for Buffalo goaltender Jonas Johansson. Uh, I mean, this I mentioned before that Colorado needed to uh, have a little bit of goaltending depth. They don't have a great backup there for Grubauer with Frank Kuzu. And they went and got a young goaltender in Jonas Johansson. Yeah, Buffalo traded a goaltender, which was, um... Was that the smart call? I don't know. But, I mean, I guess with Uko Pekalukunen coming up, Johansson probably wasn't going to be a starter for a super long time. For sure. Anyway, I they mean, get... that's why uh, they had to sign Michael Hauser, like I mentioned before. Yes, they got. Hopefully, they'll use this pick on someone that's actually in their scouting regions, though. Oh. Because uh. That's a whole other thing. That's a whole different bag of worms. Can basically what he's referring to is uh, Buffalo doesn't have scouts everywhere. They're they're lacking a Russian scout. A. What, what, what are the other spots? Do you know offhand? Uh, I don't know offhand. One's the WHL, though, isn't it? Yeah, I was thinking WHL, but I was, then I was thinking there's no way they don't have a scout in the WHL, but... It's Buffalo. Regardless, <laughs> it, it's Buffalo, yeah. They're, they're lacking a lot of scouts in a lot of prominent regions. Um, I mean, obviously, you're not going to find prospects if you don't have scouts. Regardless, yeah. push forward. You need scouts, so, uh, yeah. We'll see what Buffalo does here. But anyway, that's the only trade that happened since we last recorded. And uh, now we can move into some waivers. Everyone's favorite segment. It's one, for sure. <laughs> so, uh, March the 19th, uh, three players were placed on waivers. Uh, they were all named Michael, and, uh, we had Mike Amadio from the Los Angeles Kings, 
the previously mentioned Michael Hauser of the Buffalo Sabres and Michael Chaput of the Arizona Coyotes. Chaput? Is that how it's said? I think it's Chaput. It's Chaput? Uh, Chaput? 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 I don't know. It's it's something. I mean, it, I, I kind of like Chaput better, but regardless, uh, I th- all three of them cleared on March 20th. And nobody went on waivers. Nobody went on waivers. Right, so next we have March the 21st. And uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs placed Travis Boyd on waivers. Yeah, and uh, on March the 22nd, Vancouver finished building the Toronto to Vancouver pipeline. Uh, <laughs> because they claimed Travis Boyd as their second Toronto player in two weeks. Last week they claimed Jimmy Vesey from them. This, this week, week they claimed good. Travis Boyd, so... Yeah, I, I mean, Vancouver's just steady picking up the... The Vancouver Maple scraps. The Vancouver Yeah, Vancouver Maple Leafs, Vancouver Flames. I mean, they just love picking up the scraps from uh, NHL uh, Canadian teams. <laughs> yeah, and then... And they uh, turn it up lately, too. Yeah, it's... Uh, and then today is March 23rd, and we're just getting reports in now that the New York Islanders have placed Leo Komarov on waivers. Yeah, I think that's the second time on waivers now, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, because it's, uh, it's either after the player has played, after our player clears waivers to, for taxi squad purposes, uh, after 30 days or after 10 games played, uh, they need to go on waivers again in order to be able to go back on the taxi squad. That's just the uh, taxi squad rules for the season. Yeah, so that's, that's all that is. Uh, Leo Komarov yeah. on waivers. And You'll find out if he clears I next week. I would expect him to clear. I don't expect him to get picked up by anyone, but crazier things have happened. So. For sure. All right. All right. It's your segment. My time to shine. Three stars of the week. Uh, we have Nashville forward Calais Yarncrock. He played four games this past week. Uh, he had three goals, three assists, and six points. Uh, the other two guys behind him, they do have more points than him. But the uh, the big thing about it is uh, Yarncrock scored in every game. Uh, he scored points in all four of those games. He didn't get held off the score sheet in any one of them. Uh, so that's why he's the first star. Plus he's in Nashville, and plus he's someone that you wouldn't normally see uh, in this uh, segment. Like he, he's not normally someone who would show up. Normally you have your Connor McDavid's, your uh, Austin Matthews, those type of guys. So it's nice to see a different name up here. Uh, next to him, his co-first star is Dr. Alex Yehinger, uh, and he works for Vanderbilt University Medical Center. Uh, Second star, we have Connor McDavid, who I just mentioned. Uh, he had four goals, or in four games this week, he had four goals and four assists for eight points. And uh, because of energy, had third star of the week, said, you know what, Connor, that looks pretty good. I'm going to do the same thing. And he had four goals, four assists for eight points in four games. Uh, so a lot of uh, matching goal and assist totals in this week's three stars. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so. There you go, three stars of the week. It's a quick little uh, three-star segment here now. All right, now we'll move into the hot not segment. So the first guy on the hot list is uh, 
previously just mentioned, uh, Mika Zibanejad, through four games, he had four goals, five assists, with nine points. So I guess he got an assist Again, in... These... Yes. Yeah, the, the stat lines are based on slightly different dates. That's why uh, uh, Hot Nine Three Stars has different point totals. Yes, and uh, just want to reiterate that. Some of these, some of these uh, stats will overlap from last week's hot knot because we recorded late. But all these guys are new, except for I don't know if both goalies made the list, but one of them did for sure. Anyway, um, and then we have Zibanejad's Rangers teammate Pavel Bushnevich with four games. He had three goals, four assists for seven points. So he's been producing. Yeah, I was just listening to the Fantasy Hockey Podcast, and they uh, they mentioned him as someone definitely looking to picking up. Yes, too bad he's owned in my league, but that's okay, I guess. I'll roll with Stamkos instead. Um, <laughs> and then the Colorado top line has really, uh, they've really turned it up now recently. In the past four games... Uh, Miko Rantanen had five goals, three assists for eight points, and Landeskog and McKinnon had identical two goals, six assists, eight points in four games stat lines. So let's say a combined yeah. twenty-four points in four games for the three of them, which is uh, yeah, they're they're hot right now. Quick maths. Quick maths. Yeah, I mean, that Colorado team is silly. I mean, if. They, they need a deep run in the playoffs. This is their chance to really turn it up and, you know, potentially win something this year. Uh, I, honestly, I'd like to see it. I, I want to see uh, I want to see these guys have success. I want to see Colorado win, to be honest. Yeah, well, I want to see Ottawa win, but that's not going to happen. So I guess Colorado would be okay. Hop on the bandwagon. I think I kind of want to hop on the Hurricanes bandwagon, though. They're looking really good. Bunch of jerks. Bunch of jerks. Anyway, sticking with Colorado, uh, you guys probably could have guessed, like, before I even started the segment, that Philip Grubauer would be on here again. Uh, again, the stats overlap a little bit from last week, but still, he's through four games, he was 4-0 and with a .55 goals against average and a .978 save percentage. He's just been insane. Yeah, I think... I think those numbers are a little bit worse than last week's. A little uh, bit. Yeah, last week's were three games, three wins, 0.38 uh, goals against average and a 9.84 save percentage. So, I mean, he's definitely starting to cool off, uh, you know. <laughs> starting to cool off, uh, still puts up a 0.55 goals cool against. He's not quite as hot as he was last week. <laughs> he's, st- he's still pretty hot, uh, though. He's probably only yeah, at about absolute insane stat line. He's probably only at about four hundred degrees instead of four fifty now. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a silly line. It's nuts. And uh, Andre Vasilevsky, Tampa Bay, three games. He was three and zero with a one point nine five goals against average and a point nine two four save percentage. Normally, that would be, like, the best goalie stats of the week, but Grubauer is just on another level. <laughs> Do you think, like, Grubauer might have a shot at, like, a Vesna? Is that in cards? Man, I think he he might. I gotta... I'll bring up the NHL stats here. But, like... 
I think he yeah, honestly I don't really... might have a shot at the Vesna because, like, this is ridiculous. The numbers he's putting up here. I mean, obviously, the team that he plays for helps. I mean, they're a strong possession team. Uh, you know, he's, I don't know how many shots he's really facing or anything like that. I don't have all those stats in front of me, but, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, the, the stats that he's putting up are insane. All right, so according to Quant Hockey here now, uh, Grubauer has played the most games in the league with 26. Uh, he's 19-7. He's 19 and 7 with five shutouts, uh, a 1.71 goals against average, and a .931 save percentage, along with two assists. I don't know yeah. if I don't know if voters take into account like points for the Vesna too, but you know he's got. I two. don't think they do. <laughs> Probably not. But. And, uh, well, Vasilevsky's right there on his tail. He threw 24 games. He's got, he's 20, he's 20 and 3. <laughs> With the, <laughs> he's 20 and 3. Jesus. With three shutouts. Yeah, I'm. 1.86 goals against and a .933 save percentage. Also with two assists. From what I'm looking at right now, he has to be in the top three. I mean,. Uh, I'm also looking at Quanta here like you, and I mean, it has to be between Vasilevsky, Fleury, and Grubauer, and honestly, Semyon Barlamov and Kyle Peterson are kind of close behind them, but I mean, all three of Vasilevsky, Fleury, and Grubauer have under a 2.0 goals against average, which is not a stat that I'm a huge fan of, but they also have save percentages over 930, which is, it's silly. Yeah, it's nuts. I don't think I don't think Peterson will be in the running just due to the games played aspect. Like, he's nine games behind. I think behind. he's going to start to get a lot more starts. If he starts to get more starts, then you can definitely see him be in the running. But, uh... Right. So, you wanted the yeah, we'll see. numbers. Uh, Grubauer has... Uh, I switched over to hockey reference here now. Grubauer has faced 633 shots. For comparison, Vasilevsky has faced 674. And Fleury has faced 611. So, Fleury's faced the least. Vasilevsky's faced the most. And Grubauer is not far behind Vasilevsky. Out of those three, yes. In comparison, Thatcher Demko has faced the most shots in the league with 801. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, if he's close with Veselovsky and shots faced, I mean, you can't... Uh, I mean, that's why I like save percentage. It's an indication of goal scored against uh, versus shots faced. I mean... Veselovsky has the higher save percentage. He does, but, like, just slightly. I, I mean... There's an argument for both, is I guess is what we're saying. I mean, they're they're both. It's gonna be close. It's gonna be a tight vote. Yeah, there's an argument for everyone, unless your name is like, unless you wear the Sens jersey or something. But you know, Tristan Jari or Casey Smith probably won't get in there. But 
No, I'd like to see. Regardless. I'd like to see people try and make a reasonable argument on why their team's goalie should win the Vesna if the stats don't match up to Vasilevsky and Grubauer. I think that there's some teams, there are some teams that would just say, you know what, our goalie does not deserve to win the Vesna. <laughs> They've yeah. been garbage. And yeah. I, I'm proud of that club. I, I would definitely not even attempt to argue that any of Pittsburgh's goaltending deserves a Vesna. I would argue Philip Gustafson deserves Vesna. Oh, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. Yeah, Philip Gustafson uh, won his first career start last night. Made 35 saves on 36 shots to beat the Flames 2-1. Uh, yeah, so uh, anyway, first career win. Let's move. I had to, I had to before we started recording, uh, Hobbs brought up that, you know, Gustafson had his first career win and said, is that worthy of being news? And I said, we don't really talk about, like, uh, rookies scoring their first goals or, you know, a goal getting their first win. So I would say, no, it's not. But if you couldn't find a way to bring that up naturally <laughs> in the conversation, then you can talk about it. And he did it. I'm proud. That was, I that did was good. It. <laughs> that was really good. Yeah, I know. He just had that in the back of his mind the entire time. I actually didn't, but then I thought about it, and I was like, oh, hold on now. But, uh, uh, no, that was good. I enjoyed it. Cause I was, I was going to say that uh, none of Ottawa's goalies deserved a Vezina sniff either because they've all been brutal. But then I was like, hey, wait a minute. Gustafson was lights out last night. So there's that. Nice. Anyway, let's, claps for sure. let's move on to the who's not part of this segment now. And the first one is uh, Zach Parise. Through four games this past week, he had no points and he was a minus two. I think and that was the best performance of all the not list. Yeah, that was the best performance <laughs> out of all these guys. So, uh, yeah, I don't. I think Minnesota yeah. would want him to produce a little bit, like maybe one point every four games instead of zero. He almost got moved to the Islanders last year at the deadline. I really wonder if the Islanders are still interested in making that move, or if it's something that we could see if. Uh, Minnesota's going to get out from under that contract. Obviously, they had to take a bad contract back. Likely an Andrew Ladd, maybe Leo Komarov. Uh, yeah, I, I'm curious to see if he's still a, a part of the Minnesota Wild by uh, the end of the season. That was a really weird rumor. Like, that came out of nowhere, and then there was, like, traction that it was going to happen. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, deal's done. And then it's like, oh, no, you're still It was, like, five Minnesota. minutes left with the dead, uh, at the deadline. Uh, and it, it was been an hour after the deadline that it was finally nixed. Uh, but it was really close to happening, apparently. Yeah, we'll see what happens this year. The best part about the deadline this year is uh, it's on a Monday. Well, it's on Monday, but, like... It's always on a Monday. I know, it's... I. I misspoke, but, like, we record on Tuesday, so, like, we'll get all the deadline news for the episode. Right. That's, that's what I was going Oh, yeah, that's, that's going to have to be a special episode. I mean, we might have to do two that week. Might have to do two, depending on all the news and the trades and all that. Anyway, we'll continue yeah, on we'll here with our not segment. And we had uh, James Van Riemsdyk, brother of Trevor, mentioned previously, who signed an extension, but JVR finds himself on the not-hot list with uh, zero points in the past four games and a minus five. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, I can't really fault him 
for all of this because Philly has been absolutely atrocious recently. But point still stands. Uh, Philly wants him to produce, especially if they're paying him seven million dollars. Yeah, I mean this definitely piggybacks off that uh, game against the Rangers where they got beat ten to one, was it? Nine to nothing. No, nine to one. Nine to nothing. Okay, yeah. Regardless, uh, I definitely seen ten to one somewhere this past week. I don't know where it was. Anyways, uh, JVR is someone who I think he's appeared on the hot list once or twice so far this season. So, uh, you know, he's definitely starting to cool off. He, he had a really hot start to the season. So, uh, yeah, he you know, was, he's coming back down to earth. He was lights out to start of the year, but now he's now he's falling back to earth. Uh, 10 to 1 might have yeah, been I in like. Expected that. 10 to 1 might have been in like spring training or something, but I don't remember any NHL 10 to 1s. In the past week, yeah, think? I don't know. I, I honestly think it might have been uh, NHL twenty one. So ten to one, the amount of losses to wins that my March Madness bracket has. Ooh. It's it's rough. Anyway, uh, this Ooh, is a hockey yeah. podcast, so we'll get back to it. Uh, Braden Shen through four games had no points and was a minus three. And I'm gonna lump Christian Dvorak, who had the exact same stat line, minus and all. So, uh, Braden Chen, Christian Dvorak, both of them, two separate teams, St. Louis and Arizona, with no points and a minus three. And uh, both those teams need need those guys to produce. I mean, St. Louis got shelled by Vegas last night, and Arizona got shelled by Colorado. Yeah, St. Louis has been, uh, they've been pretty cold lately, um, just as a team. Uh, they're on the edge of falling into playoffs. They do have a five-point lead over the Kings right now. The Kings have a game in hand, so... I mean, I think they will make the playoffs, but, I mean, they're just going to squeak in there, and they're going to have a tough matchup uh, in the first round. Now, I mean, that's a tough division anyways. They're going to, unless they finish in the top two, they're going to have a tough match. Well, I mean... Even if the they finish in the top division two. are Vegas and Colorado. What was that? Even if they finish in the top two, it'll still be a tough matchup, I think. Yeah, I, I like, it seems like, unless the standings change a lot, and they end up facing Minnesota somehow, or L.A. or Arizona, maybe, it's likely that they're going to have either Vegas or Colorado in the first round, and that is a tough first-round matchup. That is very tough. Although, Minnesota looks to be, uh, for real right now, so I wouldn't count Yeah, I, I, I mean, there's no discredit to Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota definitely looks like they're the real deal. But, I mean, I'd still pick Vegas and Colorado over Minnesota. Oh, me too. And... Anytime you make the playoffs, it's going to be tough. You can't, I mean, Columbus and Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay came off that monster season. Columbus swept them. It's, it's playoff hockey. It's different hockey. Playoff hockey is different hockey. Yep, it's it's going to be tough regardless, but we'll see what happens here down the stretch and uh, see if St. Louis then, can yeah. turn a corner. Yeah, obviously, Christian Dvorak, I mean, he's going to need to turn it up if Arizona wants to try and steal that spot from the Blues. And, uh, yeah, that's about all I have to say on those two. Yeah, well, Arizona, uh, well, I guess Dvorak needs help, but, like, he needs to pick it up, too. Yeah. I mean, another guy, Connor Garland, I think he's really cooled off lately, and he, he really, he led them in scoring last year, I'm pretty sure. I mean, a lot of people don't know that, but I mean, Connor Garland's a good player, it's just, 
they're not getting production out of that team, and that's what Arizona always struggles with, is just guys just don't show up. Yeah, pretty much. All right, and uh, Travis Sanheim. Through four games, he had no points, but he was a he was a minus nine. I think most of that can be contributed to the nine nothing shellacking from last week, but points still stands. He's a defenseman. You can't really go minus nine over the week and expect your team to win games. Yeah, I mean, even if seven of those uh, minuses are from the Rangers game. Seven, imagine having seven goals scored on you in one game. I mean, I don't know how many, what his minus was in that game. I guess I can look. I think it, it, I think uh, it was six. point two right now. Okay, well, that's a lot of goals to be on the ice for, and that's really worrying. I mean, Travis Anline is supposed to be a stud. He's supposed to, you know, be the future of that Philadelphia defense, and he just doesn't look like it in this past week. And, I mean, yeah, it's a small sample size. It's just a week, but... You know, it's things that you can't have if you're an all-star. Exactly. And uh, Philly kind of needs him to be an all-star and Provorov to be an all-star and Gostas Bear to be an all-star. And they'll be looking okay. Yeah, I mean, did, I mean, there's time for them potentially bringing in Matisse at home or, or perhaps an Alex Galagoski. Adding some kind of defenseman to take over from uh, Nate Prosser who's currently part of their defensive core. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. They're, they're sitting two points out of the playoff spot behind the Bruins with uh, negative two games in hand. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're right on the cusp of missing the playoffs, potentially. It's, yeah. Yeah, they've got to they've turn it around. Uh, well, they need those defensemen to be an all-star, but they also need need Carter Hart to be an all-star, and uh, he's he's far from that. Uh, again, these stats somewhat overlap from last week, but uh, three games, he was 1-1 one one with a 5.11 goals against average and a .812 save percentage. If you compare that to last week, his goals against went up from 4.62 to 5.11, and the save percentage went up <laughs> save percentage went from 8.11 to 8.12. So he's slowly getting there in save percentage. I mean, obviously, his goal against average is inflated because it is prorated. Uh, you know, goals against average is based on his goals against per 60 minutes uh, of a game. So oh, yes. Because he got pulled in that game, his goals against average got inflated, of course, but at the same time, it, it doesn't make it any better. No, not at all. It does. It's not a pretty stat line. Absolutely not. It's not uh, not what Cutter Hurt's supposed to be. Uh, I mean, this is a weird year. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily indicative of who Carter, Carter Hurt, Hurt as a whole. But I think, yeah. I mean, Carter Hurt's still young. He's about twenty-four. If that, that's young for a goaltender in the league. Uh, if that, yeah. So I think he still has a bright future ahead of him, but uh, definitely a rough week for sure. No, nope. uh, Carter Hart you know, will be. He's twenty-two. He'll be twenty-three in August. Yeah, that's young for that's, an NHL goal. That's very young with a season or two under his belt too. Yeah, so uh, Hart needs to pick it up, and 
So do the Flyers as a whole. And uh, if the Flames want any chance of making the playoffs, Jacob Markstrom needs to pick it up. Uh, through three games, he's 1-2 and two with a 4.05 goals against and a .850 save percentage. You're not making the playoffs when your $6 million goalie is playing like that. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I, there's, I, I think I, you came up last week there. No, I don't think you did come up last week. I think that's, I'm thinking of something different. Uh, right, Flames are second last in the Canadian division right now. They're supposed to be on the cusp of making it. I mean, I know that North Division is really strong. Uh, aside from the Ottawa Senators. Hey, they're co- they beat That's Calgary sorry. last night. They're coming up. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, they beat Calgary. They're Calgary second list in the division. Okay, but here's a stat. Um, Philip Gustafson is the first Senators goalie since Andrew Hammond to win his first career NHL start. And we all know how what happened after Hammond won that game. So all I'm saying is look out for the... Uh, teams on the outside of the North Division, because do we have Hamburglar run 2.0? Be careful with your comparison to Andrew Hammond, because where's Andrew Hammond right now? Can you tell me where Andrew Hammond is right now? Actually, I do know where he, he is, is right now, but... He is... He's on the Minnesota taxi squad, is he not? Or he's in Iowa? He's in the Minnesota organization? He is in the Minnesota organization, but regardless, he's not on the Minnesota Wild roster he's not uh, he may be up in the press box if he's on the taxi squad i'm not sure if he is on the taxi squad but regardless i mean he's not he didn't turn into anything special i know he was old uh, when he came or older when he came up and get gustafson is young but regardless it's not a trajectory that you wanted to be on on the long term oh no not at all but like if he puts on a run gets some confidence going and you know he can improve and have a good young goalie, but the problem is he just needs to not fall off a cliff like Hammond did. I mean, I, I talk about how the Flames are... We're back to the Flames and Markstrom. I talk about how the Flames are four, or second last in the division. There's only four points out of a playoff spot. Uh, actually, I think they... No, they're four, because they do have the regulation wins on Montreal right now. Montreal does have two games in hand on them, uh, and we're going to talk about it a little bit later how Montreal might have some trouble catching up on those games uh, over the next week or so. But regardless, uh, it, it, it's tight. It's a tight division. Um, they're ba- they got a battle with Vancouver now. They're battling with Montreal, and they're, they're scrapping for that playoff spot. And, but Marshall's a key part of that. They need him to perform in order to you know make the playoffs. I mean, it's definitely possible that they do. Um, you know, the games are there. They need, they need some luck. They need Vancouver to struggle. They do have three games in hand on Vancouver, regardless. Uh, and they need Montreal to struggle. Uh, I mean, I don't see Toronto, Edmonton, or Winnipeg slowing down, so I, they need to try and hope that they can claim that fourth spot from Montreal. Toronto needs to speed up before they can slow down. Okay, but they're still first in the division. They're still first in the division, yeah. They're not going to miss the playoffs. No, this is what I'm saying. I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter where they finish in the division. They're going to finish, or it doesn't matter what they're doing. They're going to finish in the top four at this point. I mean, how many games? This 56 game regular season, 24 games left. I mean, they're going to win at least 
14 of those. Yeah. Which is going to be enough to make the playoffs. Um, I believe Noodles said on the broadcast last night that the Flames have five games left against Montreal, so they're going to be pretty much must-wins for both those sides. Those are big games. Yeah, those are huge. I mean, every, this, this, this is what I love about these division, uh, divisional alignments this year is every game you play is a four-point game. Uh, you know, basically what that means is you winning and the other team losing uh, adds up to a total of four points because you're playing within your own division uh, and you're playing for playoff spots in your own division. Yeah, and for teams like Toronto at the top, doesn't matter you win and get your points, but some team behind you is getting two points regardless. Yeah, and that's two points that you don't have then. So, I mean, exactly. I mean every every game you lose is a game that you know teams are calling towards you. Uh, I mean that sounds obvious, but it, it's more so in your own division. It doesn't matter if you're playing outside of your division and someone beats you, and because they're not going to be calling towards you for a playoff spot necessarily. Uh, unless it's a wild card, but that's, there's no wild card this year. Um, right. You know, within your division, yeah, it's really important to win those games within your division. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it's pretty much must win for everyone in the North Division, and Ottawa's just here playing spoiler. That's yeah. No, that's true. That's, I mean, that's a that's a good point. I mean, Ottawa is. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, that tends to happen with teams at the bottom of the table. They, especially once they're statistically eliminated, which Ottawa isn't yet. Ottawa's doing fine. I mean, there definitely is a scenario where Ottawa comes back and starts to make a run at the playoffs. I don't think that they'll make it. Uh, but, I mean, it's definitely possible that they take a run. Uh, and, yeah, it, every game that Ottawa wins is another two points that other teams in the division don't get. And, I mean, they can definitely play spoiler to a team. For sure. And uh, I'm all aboard the spoiler train. Like, let's just play spoiler on everyone. Well, except yeah. except for Edmonton. because the draft. Uh, well, I mean, if the top of the draft is, like, all defensemen, Ottawa doesn't re... Okay, this is going to sound silly because it's Ottawa, but, like, they don't need another defenseman in the system. They need a forward. So, like, if all the top picks are defensemen, then playing well and maybe moving back a few spots because they played well and getting a forward instead is probably better than getting first overall and taking a defenseman and again. Okay, but if they... Would you rather have the third pick in the draft... Or, sorry, would you rather have the eighth pick in the draft... Uh, and pick a forward, or would you rather have the third pick in the draft, trade back to, like, nine, and then pick up, uh, pick 28 as well? Well, then, yeah, obviously you pick third and trade back, but, like, it's got, playoffs has to be the goal for the Sens next year, or at least making a push, so, like, they can't just, like, fall flat yet again. they like, got to learn how to win and make that run. So, you know, it's... Fair enough. Anyway, uh, All right. that we, was supposed we, to be... a lot about that North Division. That was supposed to be the Hot Knot segment. Uh, anyway, yeah, Markstrom needs to pick it up if the Flames want to sniff the playoffs. That's basically the, uh, the gist of why he was in the Knot segment. 
we just talked about um, losing teams, winning teams, the draft, da 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 da. Let's continue with talking about losing teams. Um, Buffalo Sabres, we mentioned last week how they're a dumpster fire. I think that was the title of the episode. It was something like that. What was the Buffalo was Blues? The Buffalo Blues. Uh, yeah, it wasn't a play for the St. Louis Blues or anything. Uh, no, they just suck. <laughs> yeah, they just suck. <laughs> they're losing streak hit 14 games. Um, yeah, it, it, things aren't going well over there in Buffalo. They lost again last night to the Rangers. Although they did score three goals. So the problem they, is they, they allowed five. Yeah, the problem is they allowed five. So it, it's defense and goaltending is what it comes down to. Uh, they don't play today. They don't play tomorrow. Their next game is... They play They play tomorrow, don't they? They play tomorrow? Aren't they playing? No. Oh, they're playing Pittsburgh. Sorry, I'm on the score, and the score always does this thing where they put your favorites at the top, but they don't put them down lower uh, just because they're at the top already. So they're playing Pittsburgh, and I, I scroll down to the NHL, and uh, obviously the Pittsburgh-Buffalo game wasn't there because it was at the top of my thing. So they do play tomorrow. They play Pittsburgh. Um, I kind of want to bet on Buffalo just because they're bound to win at some point, but I also don't want to bet, bet against Pittsburgh, so... Well, I'm, I've got the schedule brought up here for March. They're playing Pittsburgh tomorrow and Thursday. And they're playing Boston yeah. Saturday and Philly next Monday. So by the time we record next week, they could they could have tied the uh, NHL record for longest losing streak in a season. Which is held by the Pittsburgh Penguins. Which is held by the Pittsburgh Penguins, yes. Funny enough, I think Pittsburgh also holds the longest winning streak record. Uh, I don't know that offhand, but they they very well might. Uh, yeah, Pittsburgh has some bad teams. Pittsburgh has some very good teams. Alright, but we're talking about the Anyways, very bad Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> yeah, uh, of those games, I think look out against that Buffalo, uh, that game against Boston. I think that's a good shot for them to win. I mean, obviously they can beat Pittsburgh. Any NHL team can win on any given night. That's just the nature of the NHL. Uh, but Boston, we're going to talk about it later. They're having some we can, COVID. We can loop it in right okay, now. Uh, I'm going to loop it in right now. Boston has five players in protocol right now. Uh, they had a game postponed on Saturday. They were supposed to play today. It's postponed. If that game was a hit on, when you say they're playing Boston? Uh, Saturday? Saturday, yeah. Okay, so they're supposed to play Boston on Saturday. I think it's very, very likely that that game can go ahead. If those guys are still in protocol, I think one of them is David Pasternak. Uh, I'm not sure who the other uh, four are. Krejci is one, Corrali is one. I don't know who the others are. Either way, I mean, this this five roster players. I mean, it's not scrubs. Uh, well, Pasternak might be classified as a scrub. Night. No. <laughs> What's that? Pasternak might be classified as a scrub. No. I I mean, he's definitely on the on the cusp, but uh, <laughs> is you know, there's a debate. Uh, regardless, <laughs> I, I I'm just saying, like, I, they I'm saying could be Pittsburgh tonight. Is it tonight? No. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. When this goes yeah, live, they, they will be playing Pittsburgh that night. 
Yes. So they can beat Pittsburgh tomorrow. They could beat Pittsburgh on Thursday. Uh, this, I mean, I'm not saying that you know Pittsburgh is obviously going to win because that's not that's not the case. Uh, but I think that Boston game, I think that's a really good shot for Buffalo to get a win if uh, Boston's still having COVID issues. And if not, that Monday game against the Flyers could be interesting too because the Flyers are the Flyers are struggling. So basically, what we're saying is Buffalo's going to go on a two-game winning streak on Saturday and Monday. Well, they're playing the Flyers again Wednesday next week, too, so uh, it could be three. Three-game winning streak. Three-game winning streak. Hop, you're getting a little bit wild for my blood right now. Yeah, that's that's a bit wild, I think. Oh, and then they get the I, Rangers, I, I definitely so. see... I, I don't think they take three, but I definitely think that there's a shot that they take two out of those three. Yeah, it's possible, but uh, we'll see what happens. It's... Right now they're at 14, and uh, just in a, I can't even call it a slump because it's more than a slump. It's just... I'm looking, I, I'm, I'm, again, I'm on the score right now, and I'm looking at, this shows like the expected starting goaltenders for games and that type of thing. It has Carter Houghton expected for Buffalo. Uh, you said he was injured, right? I think he must have been he, just day to day. He did leave. He did leave the game yesterday in the first period, and Dustin Tokarski came in. Regardless, Carter Houghton has one win on the season: ten losses and one overtime loss. Yeah. Who has the other five for Buffalo? Uh, Olmark, I guess, but he's been injured for the oh, past like Omerk, month. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, okay. That's enough about Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. It's just check back next week. They might have tied the record for or they might have got a win. I guess we'll see. Yep. Uh so Pierre LeBron tweeted out if today. If they get a win, we probably won't talk about it. <laughs> we probably won't talk. We might have to mention it. Just we've been picking on them a lot the past couple of weeks, so we might have to mention the win. Might. We'll see. Anyway, go ahead. Anyway. Pierre Lebrun tweeted out today that the NHLPA or NHL or whoever had to approve the draft lottery changes has approved the draft lottery changes. So they are coming into effect. And as a recap, um, starting this year, the 2021 draft, um, it's only the top two picks now that will be de determined by lottery instead of the uh, top three. And and that um the hold on I gotta find it again. Uh, teams can only move up no more than ten spots. So this guarantee and well the top if Buffalo keeps in this slide, then uh they're gonna finish last in the league. They're already like six points behind Anaheim or whatever. So that will guarantee that Buffalo can only finish no worse than with the third overall pick. Yeah. Yes, so... Uh, I mean, that, that, that's pretty good. The number of lottery draws reduced from 3 to 2 starting this year in 2021. So the last place team can't draft any lower than third overall. Uh, the maximum move up for lottery winner limited to 10 spots. That starts next year in 2022. 
and no team can win the draft lottery more than twice in a five-year period uh, starts next year in 2022. All right, so that has been approved. So the draft lottery changes have been confirmed and will take place starting this year or next year, depending on the rule in place. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm always excited for the draft lottery. I love, I love all the any any lottery is fun, <laughs> <laughs> uh, including the Atlantic per- lottery. Uh, perhaps. <laughs> I, I, I was I was talking about sports, but yeah, I just uh, you said lottery, and I keep thinking of those silly old Atlantic lottery commercials we get on TV all the time. And it's like, well, you're right, yeah. That like anyone who's not from Atlantic Canada wouldn't understand. Yeah, you guys don't have a clue. But anyway, we'll just continue on. High board. <laughs> uh, regardless, <laughs> regardless. Um, Heart healthy scratch on Monday. Yes, so... I don't know what that's about. So, basically, in the Flyers game last night, they faced the Islanders. Uh, they lost 2-1 to one in overtime. Uh, but Carter Hart was healthy scratched. Brian Elliott got the start. He was so, backed up by Alex Lyon. And Carter Hart did not dress. So, okay. I don't know if this is the Flyers being like, Hey, you gotta pick it up because we're okay with rolling these guys, or if it's the Flyers being like, hey, you've been in a slump, we're giving you the full day off, just don't worry about it, you won't be coming in anyway, and uh, hopefully this is gets you back on track. I'm thinking it's more... Uh, I would, I'm thinking it's more of the second one. I would say it's a bit of both. Um, you know, I mean, he's supposed to be the starting goaltender, and... They needed him to perform to win games, so I think there's definitely some frustration there, and they need to say, you know what, uh, you do have to pick it up, or else we're just gonna roll. roll. But at the same time, they're saying, okay, well, you need a break, so uh, you might need a break to get you back on track. Uh, so I think it's definitely uh, there's a there's a touch of both there. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we'll see if this helps Carter Hurt. Uh, I hope it does, because I think he can be a Vesna winner in the next couple of years. But not if yeah, he... Yeah, I, I mean, I want to see him succeed. Except against Pittsburgh, I assume, right? Yeah, of course, but like, <laughs> I still want him to have good games. Well, yeah. It's young goalie. He's still only 22, as we mentioned earlier, so uh, still got lots of time. All right, uh, tease this next piece uh, a little bit earlier uh, when we were talking about the North Division. But last night, the Oilers and the Habs were supposed to play. About an hour before the game, uh, they postponed it. And Jesperi Kakunimi and Joel Armia are in cold protocol right now. Uh, they're talking about potentially playing that game tonight. Were that... they supposed to play tonight anyways? or No, they're supposed to play tomorrow. It was talked about tonight, or LeBron tweeted out that tonight might happen if if all the tests and everything go well, but he tweeted out this morning that that will not happen. So Okay, so, so they're not going to play tonight. They're not playing tonight. Tomorrow might, tomorrow is still questionable. we got to wait and see what happens. Yeah, there. 
So that, but they, they were scheduled to play tomorrow, anyways. Yes, tomorrow was a scheduled game. Okay. Yeah, so we'll definitely see what happens there. Uh, something to keep an eye on. Um, this is the first time that the North Division has had a postponement due to COVID, or just a postponement period. So, uh, um, so you know, we want guys to play. We want guys to be healthy. So best to KK and Irby, and hopefully, fingers crossed, everything's okay. Yeah, and hopefully they can play tomorrow like they were supposed to. Yeah. All right. So next we had New York Islanders defenseman uh, Thomas Hickey made his return to the NHL and played in his first game since May third, twenty nineteen. So Thomas Hickey, he was he's been hampered by injuries. He's been away from the team. His brother passed away due to cancer. And uh, this was his first game back since 2019, and he had two assists in the 6-1 win over Philly. This was Saturday night, I believe. Or Saturday afternoon, whenever that game was. Everything that you're saying to me is saying sounds Bill Masterton. Um, Oh, yeah. Definitely a candidate. If not a winner, definitely a candidate. I mean, uh, you know... It definitely uh, sounds like face of adversity and shows commitment to hockey. That, that's that's the Bill Masterson right there. You know what you just described. I, I I'd like to see him win it based on that. Yeah, that's uh. Yeah, that's definitely Bill Masterson nominee and possible winner right there. Just for that one game, even if he doesn't play the rest of the year, just for that one game, he made it. I, I can't think of. I can't think of anyone else this season who who could potentially win it. I, I haven't. I don't know. Last year there was a few good ones, but this year I haven't really heard much except for this right now. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah. I'm sicky. Uh. But happy to see him back. Bill Masterson candidate for sure. All right. Um. Uh, yeah, pop back over to St. Louis for one last second, and then uh, I think we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, Oscar Sundquist. Yeah, I, I mean we hate to see uh, see this type of thing, but uh, he's out for the season. Uh, he tore his ACL. I've talked about what an ACL is before. It's your anterior collateral ligament. It's in your knee. It basically holds your femur and your uh, tibia together. Uh, Doesn't sound fun. Uh, there's four ligaments in there, and ACL is just one. Yeah, it, it, it's not fun to tear, and it's not easy to repair. It requires surgery, and it takes a long time to heal. I um, like that rhyme. ACL is not fun to tear, and not easy to repair. Yeah, uh, I wish my anatomy was well. No, I'll, I'll have to email my anatomy teacher and say, hey. Use this fun rhyming class. <laughs> uh, I will not do that. Uh, regardless, it, it sucks to see it. Yeah, he was having a good year, I'm pretty sure. And I mean, it just he's a guy that I like, former Pens prospect. Uh, yeah, I, I, it just sucks to see guys go for a year. I, no one likes to see it. Yeah, it, it sucks. I, I hate it. Now we're at two weeks running with somebody 
in the news section was a torn ACL. So let's hope that trend gets broken next week. Dude, who was last week? Honors oh, Lee. Honors Lee. Right. Okay. Yeah. We already mentioned the Boston COVID situation, so that'll that'll wrap it up for this week. All right. Well, um, thanks for listening, I guess. Uh, yep. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at DB Hockey Podcast, or send us an email at doublebreadhockeypodcast at gmail dot com, and uh, we we check them before every week's recording and uh yeah we haven't had one since gord's second email so uh yeah join yeah. gord in the club yep i mean perhaps we'll hear from gord sometime soon we'll see yes it's possible we might have gord but on the show hear from other people all right well thanks for listening we'll catch you next week all right Catch you next week.